Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. This is a podcast that believes you can learn from experience, but that experience doesn't have to be your own. Ha, I'm but perfect and I'm a functional fuck-up. Let's learn from somebody else's mistakes. And today we are learning from Corbus van Rensburg. Now, Corbus is a comedian, he's an actor, he's a filmmaker, and he grew up in a family of physicists. Which means that, uh, yeah, he's definitely a unique fucking snowflake, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this chat, I enjoy Corbus's company in general, we've had some fun times together. He's, uh, he's a unique character, I will say that. Like, he's a youngster on the scene, but he has been making moves, he's very, uh, driven. One of those guys, one of those people who has their life together at a young age, but thinks they don't, you know? Like, it took me way fucking longer to start getting my shit together. It was literally about the same age as Corbus that, like, I started to do, like, creative things and started to, like, put things out there. He's already made films, he's fucking traveled the country doing comedy, so he's killing it. And yeah, like I say, I thoroughly enjoy hanging out with him. We partied together a couple times. And that's why I was like, yo, I'd actually dig to chat to you, get to know you a little better on the podcast, get to pick your brain, and also just get an understanding of what the what the youths are into when it comes to the comedy and stuff. And turns out it was pretty similar stuff that I was into when I was 24. You know, Bill Hicks, Stephen Wright, Mitch Hedberg, those sorts of comedians. So, yeah, we chat about all of that in just a little bit. Um, of course, I need to let you know this podcast is brought to you by you, which means you can support it by going to patreon.com forward slash almost perfect, where you can support it for as little as $1 a month. And I'd really appreciate it if you did that. That would be fucking cool. Alternatively, there is merch. You can go to almostperfect.co.za forward slash merch and uh yeah you can get some t-shirts you can get some mugs and maybe one day in the near future once i've gotten my life together uh properly because i've got plans at the moment i'm doing things i'm making moves some of you know some of you don't it's okay we can chat at the end about it but yeah maybe we'll get some new merch relatively soon i am trying to like make the plan to get some sweaters or something for winter but i'm not gonna make any promises just yet like Life's a little chaotic at the moment, to be honest with you. We'll, as I said, we'll chat about it at the end. What's going on in the world at the moment? Load shedding is fucking killing all of us, isn't it? Like, it's just, it's... What do we do, though? Like, that's the fucking problem. It's like, it reminds me of uh, Doug Stanhope bits, where he's talking about Jerry Seinfeld and, like, why he hates Jerry Seinfeld's bits. Because it's always like, you ever noticed? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yes, Jerry, what do we do about it? Who do we kill, Jerry? Who do we fucking kill? I'm sure I've mentioned that before, but it's, it's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite bits. Like, and I relate to that fucking hard when it comes to load shedding and most of the world's problems. It is just like, well, who do we kill? Like, let's just, you know, morally speaking, certain people are creating more harm, killing more people, fucking, you know, just destroying the world, destroying the planet. Like, morally speaking, them dying is fine. Like, it's better. It's actually better. It's not fine. It's good. It's morally good to kill certain people, said every fascist ever. So yeah, I don't actually mean it when I say, you know, instead of throwing paint on a fucking art painting. It wasn't even paint. What was it? It was like beans or something or soup. It was soup, I think, onto a fucking Van Gogh painting. You know, just kill an oil executive. Like, I don't mean it when I say that. Like, that's not... Like, I don't mean that. I'm just saying, like, hypothetically speaking, you might have more of an impact. Like, just technically. But I wouldn't say you should do that. And the truth is, nobody ever really does that sort of thing. It's kind of like why nobody... Like, dictators hardly ever get assassinated. And it's just because the person who does the assassination knows that that's not gonna work out that well for them. Like, typically. Unless they're in the army and are about to usurp power. But, you know, we're not there. We're not there. You're, we're just we're just schlubs who are at the fucking mercy of politicians and their greedy, greedy fucking friends. So, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know who to kill. 
I don't know who to kill, Doug. I'm sorry, I let you down. All I know is that I am definitely not the guy with solutions. Like, that is not me. I'm not going to try to give them. I'm barely even giving critique. I just recognize that things are not good. And maybe... Maybe? We should do something about it? But also, what do we do? So, I don't know. I'm going to leave that up to you. Why don't you guys figure it out? You let me know what we're doing. And then I'll, I'll get involved. I'm always, I'm always late to the party like that. Anyway, fuck. That was a bit of a ramble. Let's distract ourselves with a lovely conversation. Here comes the Almost Perfect Podcast with Corbus van Rensburg. So how are you living, Corbus? Um, I'm, I'm good. How am I living? <laughs> I wake up and I breathe in oxygen and I continue living. Doesn't matter how you do it. Yeah, of course you would take the literal route. Like, as a punny guy, you know, you you listen to a sentence and you go, how do I turn that into a joke, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's basically how your brain works constantly, right? So I've noticed, like, with, like, guys like Yassine and, like, you and just, you know, the, the guys who enjoy puns and one-liners, that's, like, it's just a constant fucking thing for you. Yeah, it's, like, I can't help it. It's, like... It pops in, and then I was like, oh, frack, I said that out loud without even thinking about saying it. You know you there can't swear on here. Oh, that's fucking fantastic. Okay. It's <laughs> fracking. What the hell's fracking? <laughs> Release uh, the fracking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> See, it's, it's, I, I know how this conversation's going to go, because I already know how conversations with you go. So, like, yeah, this is going to be fun. Or, or frustrating. We'll see. Uh, uh, we'll see. <laughs> you know, you yeah, what's what, like? You don't have. You don't have to say frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what you're doing at the moment? What you're working on at the moment? Let's uh, let's so, talk business. Yeah. So. <laughs> so last year, I um, I finished uh, film school. Which film school did you go to? Because I was gonna ask, like, was it film school or like drama school? Because you have the energy of a drama school kid. So it was both. It was both. I, I did get why you sound the energy of a drama kid. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, no, so I... Yeah, so I did uh, film school open window in Centurion. It's like a private uh, institution. Okay. And then I did film and TV. So that's basically everything film, like shooting, writing, editing. And then I also did acting. So I have a, I have a BA in both. Because I did the, the BAs uh, simultaneously. Yes, yeah. Like, I, I so figured as much. Question. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few drama school kids, you know, on the podcast and just in general, like, hung out. And, like, you guys definitely have a type of energy that, like, other people just don't. Like, Sophie was on recently, and it's a similar kind of thing. It's just, like, the need to, like, perform is, like, constant. Yeah, I... But it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's a need to perform. I would say it's just it's just me being me, and that is weird. It's like <laughs> flamboyancy and things like that. It just comes out without me thinking about it. And then other people go, "Oh, these people have such a constant need to perform." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm just analyzing from the outside. Also, you know how the comedy game is. We all we're all just analyzing each other's weaknesses for that future roast. So, you, you know what I've got in the back. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, you you finished film school last year. How was that? It was it was tough. It was very freaking hectic, um, especially last year the the second half. Because so I did comedy from like 2017 and then until 2020. And then, like, yeah, lockdown. So how happened. old are you, by the way? Just so we can get that out the way, because I found this out a bit late. Like, you know, like I've met you a couple times, we've partied uh, together a bit, and then, like, you dropped the bombshell on me the other day, like when I was in Joburg, and I was like, "What? Oh, fuck!" Like, I was actually very annoyed because I had done nothing in my life by your age. <laughs> um, yes, I am twenty-four, turning twenty-five on seventeen June. Yeah, you see, like that's the thing. Like you're you're still young enough to say like turning twenty-five. Like you know, that's that's a young. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, you're like you're like so old when you say turning. You're like, is it gonna be in grave? Is it? Can I say the word turning? Can I? <laughs> 
Yeah, I am 25, and I know it shocks a lot of people because I have uh, baby cheeks for bums. Oh, I have baby <laughs> bums for cheeks. <laughs> baby <clears throat> cheeks for bums. Yo, if I switch that, it means I show my ass to everyone. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so you're you're youth dem, as uh, some people like to say, and yeah, you just finished things. But you've been so you've been doing comedy since 2017. So how old were you when you started? So I was um, I was 19. Oh damn! What? Yeah. So what happened was in 2017 I started, and then I went to in 2020 like lockdown happened. But then I guess I wait. 2019 I started at film school. Then I also did comedy and everything, and then. 2020 lockdown happened and then i just stopped with comedy completely together yeah. um focused yeah. on my studies Smart, like i even didn't yeah but i didn't even like write like like my daily writings that i used to do before i before lockdown like even stopped like i just completely stopped and then i said like i'm gonna be done in 2022 yes i said i'm i'm done with comedy like i, I did it I'm not doing it anymore, you know. I'm like so, like in my film stuff. That's right kind now. of weak. Like you'd only be like doing comedy for like three years, like, and you're like, ah, it's yeah. cool. It's behind me now. Like I'm a filmmaker now. Yeah, I'm a filmmaker. See, for me, like it made sense to like be like, shit. Like maybe, maybe I'm done with comedy. You know, like after the pandemic, because I've been doing it forever, and like, you know, like. It, doing it from Durban is its own fucking thing that I don't even want to get into right now. But like, yes, no, I've, I've, I don't, you've heard, <laughs> but like yes. the thing is, it's just like during the pandemic, people who listen to the podcast will know, like, I definitely thought about it, like where it was like, maybe I don't need to get back on stage, you know, maybe I don't need to do this. But the entire time, like I just had like my one man show in the back of my head and I was writing stuff and, you know, stuff just kept coming. I just knew like, cool, I'll wait it out, I guess, you know, like it's when once it's safe then we can safe fish i guess who even fucking knows what that means at this point but i was just like cool like we'll we'll give it another go and we'll give it a proper go and that's kind of been my my vibe but you were like 2022 came around you were like yeah i'm not i'm not even into the comedy anymore so how'd you get back into it so then what happened was but like 2022 was crazy it was crazy because i made like my final year film and that that film was your it broke me it like it was crazy it took out took up a lot of my time um because like a really like crazy ass film so i like planned that and then did that and then in june of 2022 i was um and actually july i was shooting my student film i was shooting my student film and then on like day two of the chaos comedy central called me and they were like do you want to go tour in shooting this tv show and we're gonna do stand-up around the country fuck you. and everything fuck you and then, yeah fuck you i know fuck I know. you i also hate it so <laughs> i guess skulk was busy eh? yeah <laughs> well they couldn't afford skulk because it's after the <laughs> pandemic you know it's like everything's starting up again <laughs> so yes then they called me and said you want to go tour and then i was like yes i do want to um it's just a problem i haven't done this for like two and a half years but yes i definitely want to and then i finished shooting my film i went on the tour that was like five weeks of just absolute amazing chaos <laughs> amazing chaos uh, just because with my film studies and everything and then i was so behind i was so behind on my work and then i had to catch that well, up you didn't mean chaos day. like as in like you know traveling the country partying it up with comedians having the best time of your life so that's yes but but amazing chaos. <laughs> it's not like it's not like the bad chaos. <laughs> uh, that comes away. You still that's coming in a few more years. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> late twenties is when, like you know, a lot of the times the wheels fall off. So just uh, yeah, late uh, shit. Try yeah, stay away 20s. from you know the people who haven't really made it. You know, and they're in their thirties and they're in the bathroom, like you know, the whole night. Oh, I you should. know what I mean. So then, yes, I do. But then, should I not? If that's your advice, should I not have this inter interview with you? <laughs> I don't spend the whole night in the bathroom. I get invited, <laughs> and I say yes or no sometimes. 
That is it. Like, I get invited. Like, I'm not like, hey, guys, can I come with? Or, hey, guys, let's do the thing. I'm just, like, around and people are like, hey, buddy, you want to come through? I'm like, you know what? I'll dabble. I'll dabble tonight. I, I get invited to go take shits with other comedians. <laughs> exactly. I, I dabble in communal shitting. Like, that's 100% what I'm talking about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just try to avoid communal shitting for too too many years, you know, with the yeah, just the people who maybe not going anywhere really. Like, you know, mm. I kinda wasted a bit of my time. So some yeah, life advice there. Yeah, it's just it's weird. Like in every moment of my life, at every stage that I am, I feel like I'm going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> God, that is so fucking relatable, dude. And like, you're someone who's done like a bunch of yeah. shit, like at the age of like 24. Like, you've already like made films and you fucking toured the country, you know, like you're doing things. I would feel so, I don't know, like I would, I would have probably died at 28, you know, like if, what's it, 28 Club or 27 Club? Either way, it doesn't matter. Like, I would have died young if I had like achieved anything like at your age. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So then, yeah, I did the film. I had to catch up my work. That was like the mandatory thing um, on the, after the tour, catch up the work. And then when I was done with that, I started doing comedy again up until now. And then, yeah, like the tour actually got me back into it because, yo, I had to, I had to write. I had to like perform. I had to like see what's my old stuff, do my new, new stuff. It was, it was scary, but it was like good to get back into it. And yeah, now. Now I'm out. I'm out here again. <laughs> <laughs> and what's uh, what's the joke? Well, actually, yeah. How'd you get into it in 2017? Or yeah, you said 2017. So like, how'd you get into it at such a young age? Because I mean, you know, it's pretty rare. Yeah, it is like pretty rare. So what happened was, uh, you've partied with me. You've <laughs> seen me. <laughs> I am constantly in your face being funny. <laughs> So I mean, if I that's what like you want that, to call it. Um, yeah. I'm, okay, I'm constantly in your face being. <laughs> that's it. Being Corbett. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, when I was in high school, I was also, like, just the funny guy. People kind of noticed it. And then what, what happened was, you're, like, when I was 16-ish, they started asking me, dude, can you, like, do jokes for the school in, like, the weekly thing? They're like always like all the like what you call them like uh, the prefects had like this show they needed to put on like like a ten minute show just for like entertainment for like the the kids a weekly entertainment show and then yeah they started asking me can I do jokes can I do jokes in that show and I said yes and then it became such a constant thing that I like started watching stand up and like I had to write jokes to like do for for my school. This is so crazy. Like you just got like thrown into comedy like both times. Yeah. But yo, Bob, I was I was a shy, <laughs> shy, awkward kid. Like standing there and your whole school's watching you. It's I like <laughs> my voice the, the, the whole time, man. I was just like, get through the jokes and, and then they liked the jokes, but like my delivery was not there. Like <laughs> they just liked the jokes. And then I said I should continue doing it, and then I had to like do it and then after school i could uh, do the jokes that i could never do in front of a kid a group full of uh, kids like the actual proper stand-up jokes that i like wrote and then i like would always like go to the prefix and they were like no you can't say that like we will get in so much trouble and then after <laughs> school there was there was no more prefects <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so you've got you had your clean sets and you had your dirty set before you had even like gotten into the clubs yes and now as well i i do have clean sets <laughs> and dirty sets is the clean stuff like partially because of like the afrikaans thing is there pressure there for that <clears throat> it's not no it's just like i do think of a lot of jokes during the day or when i write or like watch news and then some of them are clean because like, if you've seen my comedy, I I do like my my dirty and like my joke that like gets you off guard and like a bit of more of the dark stuff. Um, yeah. But that's just because I like that type of writing and those type of jokes. Um, but like 
I've done like two corporates or three corporates where I like had to be clean. So I, I was clean. I've gone to shows where they tell me like quivers, this is a family show. And then I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. I'll do my clean stuff. I'm not one of those comedians that go, Oh shit. Well, I'm, I'm one of, I'm this comedian and I say this. It just, I think you're a lesser comedian if you only do like dark jokes or dirty jokes. If you can't do like clean stuff, you're like, I'm one of these comedians that you shouldn't have booked me if this is a family show. I think there's something to it in terms of branding, you know, like in terms of like style and shtick and like, you know, like I just think of, you know, comedians like Anthony Jeselnik. Like, yeah, that dude probably can write a great clean joke, but like, that's not his, that's not why I'm going to go watch Anthony Jeselnik. And unfortunately, if you go to a show and you don't know what he's about, yeah, you're in for a bad time. So I think there is a bit of a balance there where it's like, you know, the person booking the comedian, the comedian, the crowd, like, you know, you should know before you get to a gig, whether or not like there's going to be kids there. That's that's basically, then you can decide whether or not you're actually going to take the gig, like the guy's going to book you, you guys can have a conversation about it, you know? Because yeah, like I think there's definitely merits to being like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Like, and that's fine by me. Like, you know, do do comedy however you want to do it. That's essentially the point I'm making, I guess. <laughs> yes, I'm also with you. Like, I'm a huge fan of Anthony Jesselnik. And like, if, if you're going to see my one man, I'm... <laughs> definitely going to have an age restriction on it it's just because i like the type of jokes but like in the beginning you need money man you can't you don't <laughs> yeah for corporate don't rock up at it like yeah like just have a balance if you're going to do a one man like do what you do dude yeah the, also the problem is like especially with open mics and like newer comedians a lot of them do try to be edge lords and stuff and like it I mean, I speak for myself there even. Yo, when I started, I was the biggest fucking edgelord. I was like, I want to be, you know, George Carlin fucking type, like just hating on God and like just like, you know, being the atheist comic. And like, I look back and I cringe now, you know? <laughs> but, like, but yeah, like I've seen that play out a million times since, you know? So I get you as well, like where it's like, yeah, you should be able to do more. But I also think, yeah, it's it's about a balance. But I am like, um, like you're saying, like open mic being the edge lord. Also, when I started, I was I was like very dark, and even now, like every open mic, like the circuit, the circuit, you can kind of kind of do anything. Um, and I always, yeah. I always like try out some edgy jokes. But yeah, there is. I have found like ways to do it and like to read them and things like that. I don't do like the edgiest of edgiest jokes that I have anymore. I do know like where's the limit, how to like push them and things like that. It's also like, it's got to be clever, man. Like, or like just really funny. That's what I find. Like I've got like quite a few one-liners that are incredibly dark, like, and people do go like, what the fuck? And like, I just like, you know, shocked and all of that. But no one's ever these days like typically that offended by anything, like I say. You know, back in the day, maybe, because I was a bit careless with it. But these days, like I try to like get wording tight and get what I'm saying to be exactly what I mean. So that, yeah, like even if you disagree with the point I'm making within the joke, you can still go, well, fuck, that's a, it's a good joke. Yeah, I, I'm also like with you. I, but I don't know why. I do feel like, um, dark jokes are just better in writing <laughs> i don't know like the writing of it because it's like that that uh the technique of getting catching you off guard is just like so much better like with a dog well, that's exactly if, yeah. if it's a bit it's the shock compared to if it's clean yeah but like if i say if i say um i started i started uh growing weed out of my guest room but guys please please don't tell my family that i have a guest room that's like, it's also like the, it's a technique. It's a technique of the shock factor. Oh, I didn't expect that, but it's not yeah, as I, funny. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where you were going with that, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, that's also the thing, I guess. Like, do you, do you have like, um, like, do you have joke books like that you learn from, like in terms of like joke writing and stuff that you develop your own style? Cause like, that's the thing with one liners and with those sorts of things. Like, yeah, you, 
there's like there's just you know tricks of the trade essentially that you can utilize with almost anything yeah so what what happened with me is i don't know i i used to do like like word plays like especially in afrikaans like in afrikaans i'm i like even like if um we're like at a festival or we start to party and then i would be like give me a word and they would give me a word and i'll make like a little silly pun out of that word so then <laughs> it's just like it's like madness like the word play it's like so intense but it's like easy but that's like cheap cheap jokes it's like not stand-up type of jokes so then what started happening was like yo so if you take the joke my my immediate friend recently lost his job at a restaurant he struggled to put food on the table right it's a pun it is it is a pun it's just food on the table is the pun but it's not a word it's now a sentence play yeah you can say so it's like phrases the phrase becomes the punchline so then i did that and then what happened was just like this one day i like analyzed and exploit exploit it's the word i like analyzed and broke down like like my writing and like how do i come up with these jokes and sometimes it's like the unexpected thing and sometimes it's this and sometimes that and then i like i do have like five or six techniques that i use and like all my one-liners is either one of those six techniques and then later i started reading books of about like joke writing and things like that and then yeah some of my six techniques was in those books because yeah it is a joke is a joke man <laughs> a writing technique is a writing technique yeah well i mean i like yeah well that's so, the thing. Yes. It, jokes are like different though you know in terms of like i i'm closer to you in the way i write although i do like structure story like you know i, I structure things in terms of like a story and like put a bunch of jokes in it, you know, but like some people have the ability to like to get on stage with ideas and make that funny, you know, like, and just like tell a story and tell like, just speak essentially and just be really funny. Whereas like, I need to have like the structure and everything ahead of time and like kind of know the plan going into things. I mean, obviously they do too, but like, I'm also like word for word a lot of the time and then I can play around. Whereas you're also just like word for word. And it's, not even that thing where you've got time to, you know, talk like you base. I mean, you do a little, but like, basically it's like joke, 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 joke. So how do you, yeah. How do you manage that? How do you handle that? And how do you feel about that in comparison? Like when you're watching other comedians, do you ever go like, fuck, I wish I could do that. And do you ever want to try? So I think I'm definitely gonna like stray away from one liners in the future. If I like, Watch people like Bo Hicks. I'm a, I'm a yeah. huge fan of Bo Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> and he like, he just You're points out. You're a 24 year old white guy in comedy, of course. Of course. But like that guy like pointed out stuff like for society and showed like the government isn't what we think it is. And like he did it like so well. And then if you like, if you start talking to me and you start get, getting me really drunk, I can like rant to you about like, conspiracy theories and like <laughs> what is like the universe and what is string theory and 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 because like everyone in my yeah, family is also sort of um, physicists oh wow yeah like oh, i do so, so I you're do, the failure the yeah everyone in my family yeah i'm the i'm the failure that, that has achieved the most <laughs> so i can like i do have these opinions about life and things but it's just I'm mean, just find a way to make it funny because if you just talk about it and you're not funny, people kind of lose attention, you know? Yeah. Then you've kind of just got to go but, the cult leader route, you know? Mm, but like one liners is kind of that. It's just not there yet. Like you're saying, like people go up there and they just talk, they just talk freely and things like that. Like comedy, what comedy is essentially is just like having a different perspective on something. Like you're looking at it like from a different point. So like, um, if I say that joke with my midget friend, um, recently lost his job at food restaurant, he struggles with food on the table. So like the saying food on the table, I looked at it differently, you know, like Mitch Hedberg, Mitch Hedberg says dogs are forever in the push up position. 
Yeah. No, Hedberg, I think, is the goat like, when it comes to one-liners. Like, I don't think anyone's... But one-liners... Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like one-liners and what Bill Higgs do is the same thing. You're just pointing out different meanings. You're just doing it in a in a different way. But it is at the essential, it's the same thing. It's the same thing that is comedy. No, of course. I'm just saying like the different, like I appreciate the different styles, you know, like I enjoy like someone like Mark Maron who can like, you know, sound like he's rambling for 10 minutes and have me laughing the entire time. Or like someone like Stuart Lee who does something that's completely contrived, but looks like it's not, you know, like, so like, I don't know. I just, I just sometimes hate my own style, I guess, is what I'm saying. And like, wonder if you relate. Yeah. Yes, I do. I also hate your style. Mm. <laughs> uh, yes, I sometimes do, but I do think like in 10 years, if our style is different, we're still going to hate it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's more of a me thing than a me thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's because you have to be so critical and like analyze and like strive to be better. <gasps> Yeah. So I guess, yeah, you, you, you've clearly got that, but you know what you want to do to a degree or like you, you at least know, you've always known you want to be a performer, right? Like I'm assuming this has been since you, as you said, like in school, like they shoved it on you, but like, were you doing drama in that? Were you like as a young kid, like putting on plays for the family, that sort of thing? Um, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Cause you were, as you yeah, said, I'm shy and nerdy. So, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm such a weird case with it. I'm funny and I, I liked to be funny when I was a kid, but I didn't put on plays, but I was always like, you know, like when situations happen and then you, you drop a line that's like according to the situation and then anyone goes, what the hell? Like, how, <laughs> how did you make that from that? Like, I've been like that since I was a kid. And then, yeah, um, stand up, I did. And then my first time went really well. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to continue with it. And then I like started writing more stand-up jokes. When was your first death and what was that like? Yo, my first death was, so my first time was really well, went really well. And then my second yeah. time was, was quite the death. <laughs> I was expecting <laughs> was that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, 90% of uh, the stories that like, you know, people who start well, Usually die the very next fucking gig. <laughs> yeah. And it was weird. It was like, it was the same jokes. <laughs> same yeah. jokes as the first, first gig, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. it's good to get it out the way early though. Yeah. Now, now if I die, I, I just die, man. I used to like, it used to like eat me up when I died. And then I would, I would become like, so like, like still and not talk to anyone afterwards and like I'm going through it. Like you can just see that you know, it just goes in my car and just get home and just be you're like, ah, I just died and I hate myself. But now now dying is fun. Dying can become really fun. Definitely. <laughs> just make something out of it. Like just Or just enjoy it for I'm yourself. Like, like, I'm like so Yeah, I've yeah. had so many gigs where like not even like dying, but just where like only like 10% of the room is with you. You know, <laughs> like you've got like 50 people or like, okay, yeah. like maybe 10 people out of these 50 are like fucking with you and they're loving the show and they're laughing their asses off. But like everyone else is just looking at you funny and you're just like, those can be like the best gigs for me because it's not like death, but it's awkward and it's fucking just like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's like, it's like, what did you do with it? It's like, can you, can you become good at dying? <laughs> Everyone in like comedy kind of knows that legendary Bill Burbert. I'm sure you know it. It, it depends what you say next. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one where he wins back the crowd. Is I can't it, remember. Is it like it. a? Oh yeah, we like battled him. Yeah, we just like everyone had gone out. Like it was a like outdoor event. Everyone had gone out before him, had suffered major like you know deaths. Just made big comedians, and he goes out and just starts attacking them. And like, yeah, eventually just like wins them over. Like in about after like five or ten minutes of them booing, he eventually like gets them on his side and like 
yeah, it carries on fucking with the show. Just the last like five minutes of it are everyone just killing themselves. And like, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the goal. Like whenever like there's a bad night, you know, whenever like everyone's dying, you do kind of want to be that guy, but it, it also doesn't always go that way. A lot of the time it is just awkward fun. Yeah. It doesn't always go that way, but yeah, I know, I know about that story and like I, I've, I've listened to it and everything. There's also this legendary um, story, but the clip's not available of Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey also went, same situation, crowd doesn't like him, crowd's booing him. And then he just went like ballistic on them, like jumped on the stage, shouted at them. There was like a piano involved and he like would play that and like just overpower them. And then <laughs> afterwards he says, two people came up to him and said, dude, you're a god. <laughs> But yeah. what I'm trying to say is if you picture a comedian goes on stage and he his act is dying. That's like his persona and his act is dying. But that is like Stuart so Lee's funny. done that. Stuart Lee plays with that. Uh, He's got this one bit you should check out. It's called um Playing the Room as it lays and it's for a BBC thing. And like, yeah, he just like intentionally like throws the thing and like gets into this whole long dark bit where he's talking about comedians who have killed themselves because of audiences like this. And it's fucking hilarious. Like I highly recommend it. It's like one of my favorite like bits ever, like ever, ever. Like I think it's just like a perfectly crafted piece. And like, I don't know how someone can even create something like that. Mm. All right, I'll check it out. <laughs> anyway, so sounding like I guess I can on this podcast. When <laughs> not at all. I was going to ask. has he, already done it. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like you being a bit younger, you don't necessarily know the entire history of stand-up comedy just yet. You know, you haven't engaged with all. Like I'm still learning so much. I'm still reading. You know, I read Stuart Lee's biography like last year and stuff. And like, you know, I'm forever watching, reading, learning more about you know stand-up comedy and that so like it's a lifelong thing it's not like you're gonna know every single comedian every single bit ever and like how like you know whether or not like an idea has been done before i guess but it does lead me to who are your guys who are your girls who are the people that you grew up watching and yeah want to try be like yeah so obviously um the one-liner guys i've watched like when I was very young, so like Stephen Wright and um, okay, I was I was gonna ask like I was gonna wonder. Well, I was wondering if you're gonna say Stephen Wright because like he's you know the guy for comedians basically. Not like the general public doesn't really know who he is, but yeah, he's fucking great. Yeah, you get those like comedians, comedians because like comedians understand comedy on a like different level, and then like you get like those comedians that that do comedy for a crowd full of comedians like the comp their stand-up is meant for a crowd full of comedians like Stephen wright that the surrealist things that most people just won't sort of get you know yeah there's just no way to have a career unfortunately <laughs> no 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 but like a lot of Stephen wright he had a career a lot of his stuff was like so yeah. good but a lot of it i i think is just like people you ne really need you really need to you know, like the, the fourth wall of comedy to understand some of that guy's stuff. After him, people got a bit more, um, like attuned, like with him as well. But like, you know, since then you've had like people like Dimitri Martin and like, you know, people being weird with the form and that. And like, you know, Bo Burnham even mm. and like the audiences actually. Yeah. So I was going to say, like, if I have to describe myself as a comedian, I would say I'm a mixture of uh, Jimmy Carr and Bo Burnham. <laughs> Because I also oh, wow. do like That's the meta, the meta thing. I also like do the meta thing and walk through like the crowd and things like that. Like I, I'm also not like I used to be like very deadpan delivery, and my delivery is changing into the classical drama kid delivery with one liners. <laughs> it is my comedy is definitely changing. I must say that. <laughs> That's cool. Like I, I mean, that's the evolution. Mm. and then yeah those are like and then like i do like like i said like my family's physicist and we all like point out everything and like like what is life and things like that so i do also like the george carlins and the bull hicks and 
you know, like Dave, Dave Chappelle is also like now on it. Like, you know, like you're pointing out, you're like, you're like, you're becoming the philosopher for society. Like back in the day, the king had his jester and he had his philosopher. And somewhere down the line, the jester became the philosopher. You know, like today, today you can't name me a philosopher like Plato's or Archimedes, but mm-hmm. I can, I can tell you like Paul Burr, yeah, exactly, Dave but... Chappelle, you know? <laughs> no, no so, I, I mean, I don't think they're quite necessarily, you know, that revered in my mind personally, you know, like they're no Albert Camus, you know, like it's just personal, you know, personally, like I, I, I dig my actual philosophers a bit more, but like uh, in terms of that, but I, like I think comedians saying, are clowns anything yeah but like some of them are becoming i think comedy is taking a direction of like you're becoming such a like yeah but a lot of these people aren't like smart enough for it like that's my big issue like like someone like Chappelle, like you know i think i'm not digging his like current like evolution in that you know whereas someone like carlin as much as a lot of his jokes like were a bit like claptory like, I do think the way he saw things and approached things and, like, you know, expressed things was, like, a bit more considered in, I mean, I wouldn't say a less selfish way, but a differently selfish way, I guess. Like, fuck. Because that's also the problem is every comedian so fucking myopic and so fucking self-centered and just, like, I mean, so are most philosophers. So, yeah, I guess, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so what's it like growing up with physicists and when was that question of you know what is life like first uh like pr- was it proposed to you or did you ask your parents like oh, oh man it is it's very good we like we analyze everything break down everything and discuss everything like my brother like studies it and he's doing like really well in physics he's gonna just continue studying forever um and that's yeah, what is, every physicist does. Yeah, it's like every physicist does. So every human does. Every human studies himself and everything around him forever and ever. <laughs> Growing up with it, it is oh man, it was fine. It was actually nice. Um, because he's like so rational about everything. It is it is nice. I'd prefer it that way. Yeah. And then Do they do Father Christmas at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. We're not a religious family. <laughs> we used to, I, I, but I, yeah, I would imagine not. Like just like <laughs> yeah. Wait, once you understand how the universe works, like yeah. Mm, mm, yeah, no, we're not religious at all, but we're also not like Afrikaans at all <laughs> because of that. Like we don't have a cross hanging in our in our hallway. Like most Afrikaans families, if you open the door, like yeah. that cross hits you. And I always like, I respect that. I won't, I will never like diss you or like even bring it into my um, stand up. Maybe not now, but yeah, I always like do respect other people's views and I don't get involved in like. Yeah, you're not going to be a very good philosopher. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe later, you know, I also feel like a 25 year old white kid cannot be a philosopher. Yes, like I mean, you can, but like your like your your entire thesis is going to be like the thing you fight against in your thirties. <laughs> yeah, it's going like, to be a different I've, comedian. I've definitely found that. Pardon? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be a different different comedian, like when I'm thirty. But your the points that I'm going to talk about when I'm thirty or forty, I don't even want to try talking about now because I'm like I'm humble. I'm humble. Like, let me just watch the older guys do it. Let me learn. Let me always learn. No, that's a great way to approach it. Like, I think I probably came into the game like with a, like, I think I know what I'm doing here. Vibe got humbled, and then definitely I've spent like, I mean, yeah, like a long time getting to a point where I can talk more and more about the things I want to talk about in ways I want to talk about them. But I'm still not there. You know, like I'm still like forever like whittling things down forever like being like also like do i really think that do i want to say that because you know they're just jokes but like is there a way for me to make this a point is it a point that i'm making like that's also the thing because like comedy for a lot of people just has to be funny like they're not necessarily coming for a lecture that's you know got jokes (laughs) like so it's hard to have that little balance 
Yeah, if you're not coming on a leg for a lecture and you're coming for just jokes, then put me on the lineup. Put me on the lineup. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just yo, I just I do like three jokes a minute. So if I, I mean, if you tell me, like you should be doing more than that for a fucking one line guy. You, that's you're, you're yeah, talking like too average. slowly. That's how you do it. That's how you're doing it. Like I was like, ah, like how, like how's this guy filling time with all these one-liners? And it's like, no, you're just taking your time. Yeah, but I also I do wait. I do wait in between. On average, sometimes like like the longer form jokes is like eight. It's like eight seconds per jokes. So then like it drops, 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 drops. But like on average, it is twenty seconds per joke. But like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay I, I i i see i see the tricks of the trade i see what's going on there <laughs> but yeah what's uh what's next what's what's the plans what you got going on going forward like both with comedy so, and with film because i know you're forever doing film things uh, i see you promoting like you've won awards for some short film i think and like yeah so tell me all about it so it's so funny because um so my stand-up is my crazy side that's just jokes and messing with your expectations and like doing like the meta shit it's just like the crazy side of me and then my film i i have not written a comedy ever in my life (laughs) (laughs) even when i was in film school i didn't do none of my projects were like um, comedy stuff they were like the physicist side stuff or like the deep, the deep side, you know, like that's yeah, like I, your sci-fi stuff and like your, yeah, yeah like my mind stuff. fuck. Yeah. I'm like Fun. a sci-fi mind fuck is my, <laughs> it's what I write. So then, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to combine it. I'm just thinking day by day, but I would probably do films and then do, do stand up and those two specials will not be the same at all. What do you mean? Like by specials or whatever? So like if I do like a one man show and you come see my one man show and then I release like a film and then you're like, Oh, I saw his one man show. Like this film's going to be so funny. And then, yeah, it's not, it's going to be the weirdest fucking film you've ever seen. <laughs> so you're just skipping like all of Adam Sandler's like rom-coms and that and just going straight to the end of his career. Yes, um, I I don't know, but like that's just if I write comedy, I write comedy the way I write comedy, and if I if I get a film idea, I write film the way I write film. I don't. But obviously, you crack like jokes when like there's humor. Obviously, going to be humor within it, right? Yeah, there's some quirkiness. Quirkiness is the word. It's always like a like the tone is awkward or quirky, but the subject matter and it's not like. Joke, joke, jokes. It's not like made meant to make make you laugh. Yeah, I get um, you there. Like I've also written so yeah. a comedy. Then, <laughs> like I've just got like jokes and like funny things within like other things. But I'm with you. Like, yeah, I haven't yeah, written anything where it's just like funny and put mean, like the whole way. I mean, all that all that art is is like you expressing your ideas. So I express my funny ideas when I do comedy, oh, and I express quite my, a quote. I mean, I, no, it's not. It's such a, it's such a white bitch quote about <laughs> art. <laughs> art is expressing your ideas. Sarcasm is having a podcast with quibbers. It's like. <laughs> so what's next yeah. is I can do a one man show in stand up. I definitely do have an you got an hour. I'm just afraid. That I'm, yeah, I'm just afraid. Of your twenty second one liners. Yeah, that's yeah. the hard part is selling tickets, especially when you are young. But like, mm. what if you did Afrikaans show? So I wanted to do an Afrikaans show because my one-liners in Afrikaans, I think, are better. Because <laughs> I mean, that and is like and uh, a route though. Like that is a path you can take, can't you? Because like, I mean, with like mm. people before you, you know, like Skulk, like it is a route. You know, there is a built-in audience. They are like... Uh, as, but I guess the not being Christian and like that sort of thing might hamper you. But also, fuck off, police card. You know, like we're able to be the voice of a yeah, generation the because they were thing. Yeah, but I don't think the not Christian thing will hamper me because I won't. I won't talk about it. I'm just gonna yeah. do. I'll make a film about it. You see, that's that's where I would tackle those topics. 
like my topics on my views on that would be in my film, but not in my stand up. Stand up is just pure laughter, pure craziness, pure jokes. Just yeah, you're not gonna say that stuff on a stage where someone can come up and hit you. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't, not I don't, yet anyway. I don't want to rip. Yeah, not yet anyway. <laughs> Yo. So yeah, and then film, if I can get like a, a job in film, it'd be cool. I do love film. And then like film, you're not, I'm not going to make a like feature right now. Um, that's just not how the film industry works. Like I'll have to like work in film and then work myself up like i do want to make like my next film like a big proper film when i'm like older and more experienced and things like that um but that's like the difference with film and comedy <laughs> i mean there isn't really because you're also saying that like your you know real comedy is only going to come when you're later <laughs> yeah when <laughs> later like <laughs> you yeah like the no, real like I, I do get that like, <laughs> but it's also like yeah the real stuff the good stuff is but i mean the, i would the actual like comedy everyone... can you just can you like like i feel like if comedians watch me they go can you just fucking stop messing with us i want to know your opinions quivers i want to know them um and it's also a weird thing because people Who's say asking like, your opinions I can feel it. I can sense it when people watch me. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't. Give me your point of view. If I, I do 30, yeah. If I do 30 minutes, you're probably going to laugh at a lot of shit. But you, you will have no idea what I think about the world. You will have no idea. <laughs> you know? And are you proud of that? Like, are you, I guess with your age, like when we are at in, like you know your career it's probably a safe move yes um i wouldn't say i'm proud but also when i'm not proud like comedy like just make the people laugh like why <laughs> why if, if, you, if you're not making them laugh feel something if, if you make them laugh man you were it was good to have you on the lineup like why why analyze it like that but something that i that i will say is um a problem with me is so like one liner guys, you just do one liners, you don't get like their opinions or anything. But I will say like I am if I'm off stage, I am like the guy I am on stage. It's not like a persona. So a lot of my friends are like, I don't know if you're serious or not, because I say I say jokes and I say serious things the exact same way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's also a secret to like pretty good comedy is just saying something true. Like, and then, you know, people are like, fuck, was that, was that a joke? And you're like, was it? You tell me. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, you tell me. <laughs> I also do that. I, like, I drop something and I, I scan, I scan the half circle in front of me to see who, who caught on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that also leads to many embarrassing moments. But pers personally embarrassing moments, except when someone, like, no one registers except for the one person, and, like, they notice that no one else noticed, and, like, then, then it's kind of more of a shameful act. Yeah, but it's it's weird, the embarrassing part, because if no one, if no one gets the joke, then people are like, oh, he just said something, and they move on. Then it's not embarrassing. Yeah, but you still feel like a embarrassing is, Yeah. But I, I've been in a lot of situations where no one gets the joke. So everyone was just like, this guy just said some words. I'm just going to continue. But when it gets embarrassing is if everyone knows it's a joke, <laughs> but no one laughs, then. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with one-liner comedy on stage. Because, like, the thing is, like, the guys who are just, like, talking, essentially, you know, telling stories and stuff like that, they can, like, get away with saying something and it's meant to be a funny part of the story, but nobody laughs and they can just carry on because they were just telling a story. You like go like, mm. he has a setup, he has a punchline. I'm going to wait now for you to laugh. And then uh, sometimes that hasn't happened. Yeah. But <laughs> eh, eh. <laughs> it's all part of it. It's all like part of it. But I, I like, I admire people that do longer form stuff because I, 
I freak out if they don't laugh. <laughs> if the crowd doesn't laugh, I'm like, oh, frack. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to say frack. I meant to say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that you're media trained. Uh, yeah, I like freak out if people don't laugh. So I, if they don't laugh, I'll, I'll have I'll, the next one's going to be good. The next one's going to be good. I can't have them stare at me for that long and not laugh. So that's oh, that's a great way to have people. a terrible night. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you chase that dragon or you should just be getting the fuck off the stage. Mm. <laughs> but cool. It does bring us to the end here. Uh, I do want to ask you a question. I'll ask everyone at the end. And that is, what is a big mistake that you've learned an important lesson from? Yo, um, from everything that I've been doing. Yeah, or no. <laughs> like... <laughs> what do you mean? Like a mistake that I've learned in comedy or in general. In life, just in life. A big mistake that you've learned an important lesson from, like just in life. Like doesn't have to be comedy specific. It can be. Don't analyze everything the way that you do. Like, like don't think, like don't analyze and break yourself down that much. Like, everyone does it and things like that because you're in the beginning when I like died your the negative self talk was was just insane it was insane and then put money away just put some money away just have a little every now and then put some money there and yeah that's it but I mean I'm 25 if you ask me this question at 40 or 50 you're whole different answer that put money away thing might actually be like even better than you'll be like, yeah, I put money away when I was young and now I'm fucking rich, even though, you know, I was a South African comedian. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But I do. Anyway, that was, yeah, I was just, that was, you see, that was a layered joke right there. That was, there was some subtext there. (laughs) It's like a half. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a joke to the people who are in South African comedy and understand that uh, no one's ever getting rich off this shit. They're getting rich off the the adverts <laughs> and the corporates and the I don't know I don't know I don't know how people get rich. If I did, I would be rich. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew, I wouldn't be on this podcast. I am joking. I'm purely joking. There are comedians who are way better than you, way richer than you, and way more famous than you who have, you know, been on this podcast before you. So I was scraping the barrel, to be yeah. completely honest with you. I've just I've reached the list of good so comedians then, now. It's at the end. <laughs> and yeah, those comedians <laughs> wouldn't have made wouldn't have made that obvious joke that I just did. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's levels to this shit, bro. But if you if you come for the king, you best not miss. And uh, also, yeah, mm. just uh, you've obviously heard the the thing in comedy, and it's, it's something I wanted to kind of bring up throughout this whole chat is the uh, yeah, don't let the good gigs go to your head, and don't let the bad ones go to your heart. That's like probably like yes. the best advice I ever got in comedy. Yeah, me too. But that is like something you can apply to life, literally. Like just that's like, like such a life quote that like. That quote also hit me like very hard when I heard it. I love that it's like, like a it basic have... Zen philosophy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be applied to comedy. Just don't let a good one go to your head and a bad one go to your heart. Yeah, <laughs> just it's also wake basic up. stoicism. <laughs> yeah. Feel nothing. Just feel nothing like you do every day anyway. Like you shouldn't be chasing <laughs> like comedy for your fucking emotions, for your <laughs> pleasure. Uh, anyway you should chase um, it for others people emotions and pleasure <laughs> and listen anyway now i'm gonna just get silly now so i'm gonna end things here <laughs> thanks okay, bro this cool. has been this has been pretty fun i've had a good time i'm glad we managed to get it done after like fucking load shedding and fucking you getting covid and fucking all the all the things you did get covid right that, that was the sickness you were down with Yes, I was sick. Hey, don't disturb me with that one. Yes, I was sick. <laughs> I was very sick. I don't know what I had, but yeah. Oh, you didn't get the test, but you, we were just assuming. 
but cool. We made it yeah. work. And yeah, I'm keen to actually see your one man show. And I'm actually, yeah, I'm just genuinely keen to see you evolve. I've had as much as I've given you shit on here. Like I've had fun hanging out with you when I have, and like, I dig your jokes. I dig, well, I dig some of your jokes. <laughs> I dig your vibe. <laughs> and I am definitely keen to, uh, yeah, see you keep uh, getting better. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. I'm also, I'm also a fan of you. So that was Kerbus. Told you it was an interesting cat. And uh, yeah, someone to look out for on both comedy stages and in the film game. He's quite a creative guy. He's very driven, like I mentioned earlier. And as you clearly saw, like, dude, the two BA degrees at the exact same time. So yeah, he ain't fucking around. So yeah, what, uh, what do I got to tell you? Well, we had the gig last week. Kind of should have mentioned that at the beginning, but it's the preview of It's Not the End of the World. Which went pretty well. I actually rewatched the tape today. I hadn't, I hadn't watched it since the gig, but I watched it today and I was actually pretty happy with it. And I was like, not bad, not bad, you know, not great, but pretty good, which, not bad for the first time. And yeah, like it was, about, I think about seventy percent there. Like I'd say. So I want to do like maybe two more preview shows before I try and tour it and. Who even knows how that's all going to work like down the line but for now the goal is just get the show to be a bit tighter and then i can try and take it around the country and hopefully sell some tickets and get my name out there and become a bit more of a thing and steadily build the fucking you know the career one step at a time just uh yeah <laughs> Fuck, it's it's a long it's a long journey, people. It's quite a long journey. Well at least for me. Like I don't I don't like quit comedy and then get called by fucking Comedy Central and be like, hey, you wanna come do this thing? So maybe I don't know, all the shit talking I've done really has hampered my career. But who knows? I mean I know. Like that's actually I know. Like I know for a fact. But you know, we move and we, we look forward. Like I said in recent episode, yeah, you face forward or you face shock and damage, man. And that's that's all I'm trying to do at the moment. So yeah, big thank you if you were one of the people who came through. It was a cozy audience, it was always going to be. There were only 30 tickets on sale, so like, yeah, it was never going to be a big crowd. And that was nice. It was intimate, it was comfortable. Everyone was very supportive and warm and just... Yeah, like I actually feel like where the jokes didn't work, it's like, okay, shit, that's, that joke's not gonna work. Because if this crowd didn't like it, then fuck, like that's, yeah, it's not a good joke. So that, that was very fucking helpful. Because I did try out different things, I did try new things, I did try out extended versions of bits and everything like that. And some of it worked, some of it went really fucking well, like some things I'd never said in public before you know got some huge fucking reactions so i'm stoked i'm stoked and if you want to see me do some stand-up comedy with some of those jokes that i'm still trying to tighten up and some other fresh jokes uh, for the next show that i'm working on uh yeah come on through to stump nose on the 20th of may we're doing on the nose comedy and i will be hosting that mangaliso mshlongo will be your headline act tibbs doomy is the support and joining them is uh, Comedy, Liam Witcher, and Vinnie Joseph. So quite a fun fucking lineup, that one. Tickets are 60 Rand pre-sale. You can get them at almostperfect.co.za forward slash shows, I think. Uh, that should be it. And uh, it's 80 Rand at the door. So just, just buy your pre-sale tickets. Like, it's Laka. And yeah, I guess that's it. That's it. That's all I really want to talk to you about because i'm looking at the clock and i'm about to hit that uh, load shedding in five minutes so let us <laughs> head to the shout outs now in case you don't know in case it's the first time you've heard all this way to the end of the podcast each and every single week on the podcast we give shout outs to the titular titles tier now this is a tier it's a ten dollar tier and it's the top tier over at patreon.com and uh, yeah, it's $10 a month. I shout you out. There's other benefits. You can go look at them for yourself. Although I will be revamping that stuff again pretty soon. And we'll be providing more content over there. 
Like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do a little Monday thing. Like I'm gonna do a little thing where I share stuff that I've been enjoying through the week. I've kind of done it before, like as a proper newsletter, but fuck it. I'm just gonna give it as a short little thing where I just, you know, give it to the patrons and be like, hey, here's links to things I've been reading, watching, learning about, and maybe you would enjoy it too. But with that out the way, uh, yeah, here's the shoutouts. So, shout out to Rousseau, the storage clerk of subtle heresies in the Lesser Overberg region. Russell Grant, the Far East correspondent. Neil Green, our key grip. Karan Slamon, the almost perfect hedge fund manager. Rose Ventura, the director of purchasing. Karan Chetty, the assistant to the regional manager. Catherine Jenkins, the inevitable ruler of the universe and Queen Swifty. And Stephen Olafia, who is the executive producer. Also, want to thank Damien Roots for the bed music you hear underneath you and the banging intro you hear each and every single week. Not quite. Each and every single episode. Let's let's go with that. That's a little more realistic. Uh, but we might we might get back to a weekly schedule. I'm trying. I'm trying. Like fuck. I've been trying to schedule things with people, but you're. Like, artists in South Africa can... And also with all of this, with the fucking load shedding and with all the fucking things that happen in the world at the moment. Yeah, it can be a little hard to <laughs> nail people down for an hour uh, each and every single week. But especially with everything else I've got going on, which I haven't even really spoken about. But anyway, as I say, a <laughs> big thank you to Damien and shout out to you for listening all the way through to the end. As always, I will catch you on the flip side.